0: chick fil
1: Good morning, everyone, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are. I'm Dr. J, and welcome to the Strategic Ladies Radio Me- Mindful Media Show. Our show will always bring you guys applicable, useful, entertaining relationship conversations with generational perspective. We're airing live this Friday and all Fridays from, from the Netherlands at 8 p.m. CST, 11 p.m. 1 p.m. CST, and 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time.
2: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Strategic Ladies Radio Show, the Mindful Media Show. Uh, If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to our Mindful Media Journal. We already have it ready to go out. We're waiting on a few more people to sign up, but we'll send this out to you. And it'll talk to you about some of the mindful things that are happening in the world, as well as give you an update on our previous shows and some of the wonderful guests we've had and some of the, some of the nice conversations. Um, it, it's going to keep your mind, body, and spirit aligned. So please make sure you sign up for that. So Jay, how are you today? I know you. my my daughter's sick, you guys. She's I,
1: working through it. You know what? I'm working through it. Um, how about this? I want to put a positive twist. I'm blessed to be alive and well and know that it's just a cold. How about that? <laughs> hey, you
2: know what? That's, very, that's, the, that's the good thing, right?
1: Uh, but, you know, so many cool things are happening, so I'm actually doing pretty
2: good. How about you, Dr. Reed? Hey, I'm doing good. I mean, I've got, um, you know, I just, um, I'm finally making it official in, in the Netherlands, so nice. I got a contract today, and that's good. I've got to complete that. But, yeah, it's great. It's um, uh, a lot going on with, with with the 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 show and the business and partnerships so look forward to that uh, thank you guys for joining in and thanks for being a part of our journey because we do have some really good partnerships that we're forming um uh, some with um uh, the health the, the mindfulness as well as through um the entertainment and then also with books and things like that so look forward to that coming very soon mm-hmm. So today we're going to have a special guest and we're excited about him, mm-hmm. Kenny Keys Robinson. Mm-hmm. And Kenny has a, won't tell you everything about him today, but he has a huge, huge background. He's done a whole lot in the music business. You're going to hear a song from him when we bring him on. But uh, we, we're going to talk about some of the things that it takes, you know, to be mindful in this business. and And, and you know, it's a real tough business. You know, yes. it's a tough business. And, and, um, you
1: know, when you think about it, most businesses, a lot of businesses are very tough. I think, um, the music industry is definitely, when you see all these shows, like, we're watching the show Devious Maids.
2: <laughs> oh, the,
1: guys, if you haven't watched Devious Maids, it's a little bit drama filled, but it's actually pretty good. <laughs> we're late on it. We're it, so late. It came out in 2013. Where were we? I can't believe
2: that. Oh, we were dealing with a lot of yeah. Stuff. Yeah. So. But, yeah,
1: anyway, <clears throat> like, it, it shows, though, like, they show, like, different. Things that happened to one of the girls, Carmen, who's in music, and it just shows that that industry, I mean, there's so much good in every industry. There's good in music as well, but there are, are a lot of obstacles that um, people take. So it, to be it's, successful, yeah. it's it's a good eye-opener of what these people have, got, have to go through to make it to where they are.
2: Yeah, it's interesting, too, that, uh, you know, we're going to talk to Kenny a little bit about how diverse relationships inspire the music, mm-hmm. and... Um, one of the things, you know, it's, it's a relationship business. Mm-hmm. Um, more so, um, you know, I know I'm in um, the software business, and it's it's a relationship, but it's also um, you have to have the talent to do that job. You can't fake software. Right. And I'm not saying you can't fake music, but I'm saying there's so many um, other approaches to it. It's just well, the thing about
1: music, right? I mean... I think that back in, in,
2: you know, even a little bit
1: before your day, um, Grammy's day, that there wasn't as much as, as many people able to fake as much because of the technology. So now music, yeah. So now music, people can kind of mess around with microphones, and there's so many different, just like pictures, filters, all that stuff that's, that's changed the way we we live today. Uh, whereas in software, it's hard to fake your knowledge.
2: Yeah, it's, it's just some really, some industries it's just hard to think. It's knowledge. just hard. It's just like mathematics, you know, you know exactly. you're an mathematician and you're like, Okay, I can't fake that equation. Nope. But but which is why being diverse in both areas is important. It's important to have that intellectual <clears throat> skill, but also to have that relationship. It's all about the relationships. And I tell people that all the time. How how you formulate relationships, how how you um navigate through them, the networking, and all that stuff is so important. So for, for you, like in the past, like what have been some ways that you,
1: <clears throat> you feel the diversity has inspired relationships?
2: You know, I think, um, my whole thing is I had to kind of get, get, it It was hard for me at first because although I seem to be outgoing, I'm very selective in who I'm outgoing going with. So a lot Do of Do you it, think I'm that way? Um, I think you are to to an extent, but yeah, I don't think so. Everybody. I think you're. I think you're more so. I think you like people, certain people more than others, but you can open up to anyone. Right, i who
1: ver- gets in my circle is very limited.
2: Right, but right. I'm. Ver- I'm. I, I had to work on it. And I tell. I'm saying this for the listeners. Is it's something you have to work on. You have to work on being able to put yourself out there, building relationships, even when it puts you in a, in a comfortable of comfortable. State. True, true, and I'm very uncomfortable with it. Oh. Um, I'm uncomfortable with, um, uh, you know, that's why I think I have my special places I go, my special restaurants, my special, um, maybe even the waitress, the special people in my life because because I, relationships are hard. Well, networking is hard for me. Which is
1: funny, do you feel, and you know, like, I I think with you, sometimes people that are more a little more introverted, people take that as somebody that's more cocky or, you know what I mean, or or standoffish when it's not that, they could, in fact, be more
2: shy. or Yeah, people think that, and people have said, you seem a little bit not, um, oh, honey, you're not approachable. Yeah. And it's not that I'm not approachable, because if you approach me, I'll open up and you'll see a whole different thing, but I am very... um, I'm a little bit, you know, shy and reserved a little bit. But, but it's I guess not, I'm not, yeah. yeah but, I'm like, hey. <clears> yeah, but neither thing is a bad thing. No, right? it's, like, it's a it's good thing. Good to
1: be. Uh, but I a, will up, say up. that sometimes it's different situations You, you um, that I'm like you. I guess so my intuition plays into how I right. react to
2: people as well. Yeah, intuition is a huge, huge part of it. And I think you do that very well, too. <laughs> but I think that it's also... A feeling, yeah. It's a feeling you get, but I think you know when people it's say, important. You okay. you take note of it, but it doesn't stop you from being a, approachable. Correct. Whereas I kind of take note of it, and then I kind of I can back off and say, "Oh, there's sh-. only been a few times ever that I have completely cut
1: people off in the in the sense of because of I could feel that negative energy." Mm-hmm. And so I guess you're right. I do I do try to stay open and approachable. Yeah. But it is funny how, you know, what we're talking about today can, I, I can't wait to hear Kenny's idea. Yeah. About. And
2: how do these, and, and, and that was kind of like in a, um, the only relationship, but right. how do diverse people and relationships inspire your music? Because, you know, it, it, it usually musicians and people that are talented and artistic, um, they build their creativity off of something they've experienced. Correct. And are these relationships affecting what they write in the music? Well you and, know, and into the
1: studio. So don't I mean let's think about that. Just speaking in the studio, and it's funny, different um different types of artists can be different as well. Um, like when we went with when we were doing some of my music with our, our good friend Paul and Charles. It's funny how We had a more relaxed feel, and we all were feeding off each other's positive energy, like talking about, you know, you guys talked about past, and you brought future, and it was just fun, where I've been to some sessions where people are really just doing the job, and the music's still good, but the love's not in it, so those those diverse relationships can really be synchronized, or also it could be just like a robot.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. One of the things you talk about is really important, it's important because I know I'm, I'm, um, I have a very good friend of mine um, plays with, uh, you know, plays music, and he's in a in a group of, of people that don't really communicate that well. Right. And um, but that that diversity in in people and in, in relationships doesn't really affect the music. The music is still good. But what it does affect is, um, the synergy. the synergy and the synergy is beyond performing that day.
1: So if you think about this, it's great though, something like it all work, you know, would they be better if it, if it's steer from the top? Cause I think sometimes that comes from the leader of the, the group, right? Or the, the manager. It's like when you're in a company, your, well, not your aura, but your, your synergy or your, uh. The way that people work together is definitely influenced by
2: leadership. Definitely. I think, I think the team, whoever leads, and and although we're all leaders, right. whoever leads the group models the behavior of the team and group. Looks like if you take a, ba- a
1: bag of fruit and there's one bad apple in there, eventually they're all going to go bad. They're all going to go bad. It doesn't take long.
2: And so what, what do we do? And this is, you know, listeners, be. Feel free to call in. You know this is live. We're live every week, um, and feel free to call in and talk to us at three one zero nine three three nine two eight
1: seven seven three three.
2: Again, that's three one zero nine two eight seven seven three three. Yeah, call in and ask. It's, it's, I'd like to hear from you because I'd like to understand a little bit more about. You know, it, I think it's amazing that the talent of music. Uh-huh. Still stays good, whether even in relationships or not. And even though the, that person at the top may model the behavior of the group, it still functions as a as a unified. It, they still get their job, their job done. Now, do you think? Because I know which chug
1: i want going to put it in the blast. But I'm saying, do you believe because all of those are polished musicians is the reason why they are so well? Because I think that if you have a new group and the synergies off. The music could not sound together because there's too many people trying to be in so there still needs to be somebody that's in charge in order to
2: make it synchronized. Do you agree with me? oh yeah, well, it's almost like I guess if you can apply it, you can compare it to a company right. Many times there's a lot of um, really good people in companies, right. and their leaderships are really bad, but they they still are profitable. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's the same thing, and I think because they ha- they have the talent there. So I, I agree with you. It's just that could it be better? Could it be better? Is the question, you know, you know, could it be better? That's the whole thing. Right. But um, yeah, so it's, it's it's an interesting interesting topic. So today, uh, as we mentioned, we were going to talk uh, to Kenny, and one of the things that we will also want to understand is, and we try to understand this with our guests, is um, what focus did it take for them to achieve what they've achieved today? What, What is the, you know, we all talk about being mindful being focused, but what focus did it t- take for him to create these diverse, to be successful in those diverse relationships? Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting to hear from him and see.
1: So, you know, hold that thought. We're going to take a quick break, everybody. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with our guest, Kenny Keys. Don't be afraid to join us and join the conversation at 310 928 7733. Get us 310 928 7733. We'll be back in a moment. See you soon. In metaphysical, spiritual, and holistic programming, you're listening to innerlightradio.com, the healing frequency.
2: Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Strategic Ladies Radio Show. Yes. This is Dr. Estella. And Dr. Jay. And remember, you can always call in. We're in live from the Netherlands. 310 928 7733. Again, 310 928 7733. So guess what? We have our special guest here yes. today, Kenny Keys, and Kenny is uh amazing. Hello, Kenny.
3: Hi, how are you?
2: <laughs> Want to make sure we we, we we don't talk and we we haven't lost him. So I'm gonna tell you oh, a little no. a little bit about Kenny, and then I'm gonna. Oh my him. gosh, Kenny um, has
1: an amazing background. Yeah, like so, I'm looking, I'm really I'm really reading deep, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I only touched on part of it.
2: So his music was just playing, by the way. Yes, um, Kenny um, has a, a new CD out called Electra. Um, electric, he, right? electric. Um, he is with, with <laughs> entertainment. Um, he's one of his their recording artists. Um, he um, was born and raised in Queens, New York. Hey, Queens! Uh, hey, uh, give me a shout out there. Um, and, and was the youngest of ten. I can't believe oh that. Oh my gosh! He knows how to yeah. share. Wow. Well, <laughs> you know
1: what? Your mom deserves a wonderful. Bless present. your mom. Yes, bless her. Oh
2: my God. Keith's oh, older okay. brother. He you. know, has a family that was in the business. Um, He started recording gospel in the 60s and 70s. -hmm. Loved some gospel. Um, Keys began uh, taking formal piano lessons at the age of 11. He studied at the Brooklyn Conservatory of Music, Wow 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 Julian School. Juilliard School. Um go ahead, Jay. You want to do yeah, and
1: you? you know, he you know, some of some I mean, you know, Kenny, you have so much, so we're gonna let you take over in a minute, but you know, he's done so much You're stuff. doing fine. You're doing fine. Curtis Blow. Oh my god, Curtis Blow. <laughs> stuff that's resonating Old with my school. mom right here. Um, <laughs> uh, Russell Simmons, he worked with the now fame Orange Crush fan. You know, I know um, Black Street and Teddy Riley. I mean, No Diggity, that was like the song forever. Oh my God. So, yes. I mean, I gosh, what it's tell Diggity. Yeah, there you go. You <laughs> so, and so we just so, so heard... So Kenny, and we just heard one of his new songs that's amazing too. Kenny, what have we missed? Tell us about you, you guys. We want to hear about it. Okay.
3: Well, uh, let me first my story um, that the actual... And, and people make that mistake all the time. The actual name of the project is e- e- eclectic. And that just seems to my <laughs> You're like not- I but mean, well, people see that as eclectic And again like, eclectic <laughs> e- eclectic speaks of my, you know, diverse musical background and taste. And so there's a little bit of all of that on this project. You know, it's a little bit of jazz, it's a little bit of R and D and um so yeah, and that's and you know uh, and that's been my you know kind of my background. I've been kind of all over the place musically, you know, in my life growing up in Queens, New York. Um, At the time that I did it in the fifties and sixties, it was just such a hotbed of all kinds of music diversity that was there at the time, and I kind of was just like open ears to and open minded to all of that from the R and B, and of course that you know as the as hip hop gave birth, you know, during that time period, I was just right there at the beginning stages of that. So I kind of, like, took all that in. I kind of think of it as musical gumbo soup. You know, oh, you just wow. kind of put all stuff, a whole bunch of stuff in there and see what comes up. You know, right. everybody's gumbo is different.
2: <laughs> yeah. oh, mm-hmm. You know what? I love my home to be that way, too, eclectic. <laughs> With all different yeah. types of stuff, so I love, I love that. that. And you know, looking at your background, you can tell that, right? You play with different mm-hmm. types of music: jazz, hip hop, R and B, mm-hmm. gospel. Yeah, I you're mean, very
1: diverse, and that's why this this is a wonderful topic for you because you have such a di- eclectic sense of music, which is beautiful—a beautiful thing, I think. Most artists have such um, they
2: separate, first focus on one genre, and I, I
1: think that's sometimes forced on them. But um, I think that, you know, it shows that you, you went outside of the box and definitely well versed yourself.
3: Yeah. As a matter of fact, I, I you know, I, my observation has been that the people that innovate the most uh, in, in all genres of music are usually um, artists um, that that have that very same quality where they're they're just open to all different types of influences. Um, I think, of course, I think of um, one of my um, (laughs) musical mentors, uh, Teddy Riley, who I had the privilege of working with, as you saw, Um, you know, and Teddy was just an amalgam of of those different genres, hip hop at the time. Teddy also, you know, he also played in church as well. So he had a little gospel, a little R and B and hip hop. And it's just, and so it just, it just kind of oozed out of him naturally as yes. a, you know, just from all those experiences. And that's usually the innovators, um, in all, you know, in, in different genres, they, they usually are, you know, come from, you know, diverse backgrounds and they're just kind of like meshing all those different things together. Like again, back to the musical gumbo, you know? So, right. right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah that,
2: and that, that, I love that, that. I love that. I like that analogy. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about, so it looks like you grew up with a family of 10. Amazing. Yeah. Um, tell me about, I mean, how how did uh, bless your mom and dad um so tell me about that experience growing up when sure you
3: well um yeah you know, I, I was very i, I was yeah. very blessed <laughs> very blessed and, and very fortunate to have um the, the kind of background that i that i've had um my mom and dad were married for 64 years <laughs> and um um my, my my dad went home to be with the Lord back in um two thousand. Um and on a more somber note, my mom right now is, is kinda on hospice care. She's ninety four. God bless oh her. Christ. And she is she is kind of on hospice care. She has pancreatic cancer. So um so we're you know, she's comfortable but you know, and we, we just thank God for the longevity that, you know, we've had her so many years. But you know, so but yeah, so we grew up in a very stable uh, um uh household. My dad was uh, actually a, a pastor of a church and um so we started early on in church. Um with all, you know everybody participating and uh being you know the youngest of ten we were self sufficient. We had our singers and our keyboard players, bass drums, all in the same family. Um, and awesome. so that was, you know, the early days of our musical background, being able to I always say to be not only a spectator of music but to participate. At such an early age, I mean, I, by the time I was 11, I was playing in church, in the choir, under, with my brother on the organ, me on the piano.
2: So, mm-hmm.
3: it was, it so, was, so, you know, again, and having those influences were great. Mm-hmm.
2: So what, what church, what kind of church, just in general, just curious? You said your father? Was oh, okay. Well, it was well, yeah. He was. It was a Pentecostal church um,
3: that he was pastoring, and it was uh, in Harlem, New York, right there, mm-hmm. Madison Avenue, one hundred and twenty fifth Street. anybody knows New York, that's you know famous. Yeah. And our church was right there. Um, growing up there in, in Harlem, I mean, right there, I like in dab in the middle of everything musically, and wow, what a what a what a experience it was, you know, being there, traveling from Queens to. To, to Harlem every weekend for church was just part of our yeah. regular routine.
2: I, I can yes. relate to the mm-hmm. Pentecostal. My mom was in the uh, Apostolic Pentecostal and we had some oh. good music. I mean oh. Yeah, it, it was interesting. It. We had the we had the we had a long array we had what, collectic family okay. because when you we we had um my mom grew up Catholic, my then she went to okay. Pentecostal, my father was Baptist and so we had a
3: little bit of everything in our. Know? <laughs> wow, awesome, yeah, yeah the there you go. The That's diversity. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, awesome. Same. Yeah, and um, we actually, um, uh, after that, we kind of transitioned to a church um, in Queens, New York, and our churches were sister churches to. Um, gospel great Donnie McColton, um, who I've known since he was like eight years old. We, our church was Sister Church to his church. And wow. so we were always linked up with that whole, you know, having that kind of a musical talent around. Again, I would say Queens in New York was just such a hotbed of all kind of musical talent that was in the neighborhood. I went to school with um, the great bassist, producer, composer, Marcus Miller, Marcus Noah, yeah. um, who, of course, produced uh, most of Luther Vandross' music and then later on movie scores and everything else, one of those sort of bass players um, in jazz and R&B, was, uh, you know, we grew up in the same neighborhood. You know him? We went to Queens College together, uh, member of Marcus when he first got his first... Um, and now I'm going to really date myself because I was in the music department at Queens College when the uh, on the um we have the board where jobs are posted. They had auditions for this new show on NBC called Saturday Night Live, <laughs> which no one knew what that was at that time. And uh, and uh, and my good buddy who was in the music with Marcus Miller, I always remember when he went off for the auditions, a national call for for the band, the original band mm-hmm. on Saturday Night Live. And we were so excited when we were after the audition. You know, months later it came out. Then Marcus was chosen to. The what you know faith player for Saturday Night Live, oh, and yeah. yeah. <laughs> it took off from there. So, and uh, also in the music department with me was uh, Tom Brown. I mean, yeah, Tom Brown was of course the Funkin' for Jamaica fame, Funkin' wow. uh, for Jamaica. He was one of our classmates as well, and uh, you know, and he got to start around that same time. So it was just amazing time and period to grow up with you know, all of these things were taking place and all these innovators were making their mark, uh, right. you know, um, yeah, from that time. So yeah. So you were with
2: people, you were with all these talented, diverse um, individuals. Yeah. How did you bring mm-hmm. it all together? I mean, because some people were doing different things, right? They may have had different, uh, you know, approaches to music. And um, mm-hmm. how, did you, how, how did you bring all that together?
3: Well, I, I, I don't take any credit for putting it together. I just was so fortunate to be, you know, like, like the lottery. You gotta be in it to win it. And so I was there you know, with all of this around me and I I didn't i I'd be honest, I had no career plan per se. It just evolved. Um my, my entry into the business was um um my my wife of thirty nine years uh, who is who um is my soulmate. mate. So Nothing look how uh, Oh I love it. 'Cause it all comes from relationships. Uh-huh. Uh, and by the way, I'm a I'm a soul believer in soulmate. I really believe in yeah. the concept of soulmate. Now having said that, I I know that not everyone finds that soulmate or 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 at least not find them the first time out, you know. Um uh-huh. uh, take whatever. But I'm fortunate that I found my soulmate as a teenager. So we started dating when we were seventeen years old. And 39 mm-hmm. years later, we are still in loving relationship. We have three beautiful children. And so that's probably one of the best blessings of my life is to have found that person that's, you know, or, or as young people say, ride or die <laughs> and yes. that type person that's in my life. And uh, her name is Wendy. Wendy Rock, so shout out to, shout out to you. Oh, I and, love oh <laughs> my gosh, that's so
1: beautiful. You know, I'm a lover of love. Thank so. you. Oh, okay. I love, well, I love, well. I love hearing that. That yes, um, yeah. That you, and that you gave.
3: And me- I always say that you know in this music business, and I, I really, and I've seen so many quote unquote casualties in the business, you know, because particularly in the you know secular side of the business, who well we know the stories of
0: right. how
3: brutally brutal the business can be. And yeah. one of my saving graces was all was my wife who was always my anchor. I mean, you know, our relationship and our you know always took precedence over everything, even in career decisions and things of that nature. So, but, you know, where everything came together for me, and again, that's why I tied her into it, we were actually attending the same church, um, which my my brother now is pastor of, Gateway, Gateway Church in, in, in Queens, New York, um, so uh, as teenagers. And so the high school she went to, which is called August Martin High School in Queens, New York... She decided to, which I didn't go, but she was there. She decided to start a gospel choir at her school. And um, and being together. that I was... The, I'm sorry?
1: So God brought y'all together.
3: Yeah. So she started the choir there at the, at the school. And being that I was a musician at church, and we wasn't, you know, a, a, a couple at that point. It's kind of, that was the pathway to us being a couple. She asked me to play for the choir, and I was going to a different high school, and um so I just, I agreed to do that, and so I would go after school. And in the choir, I mean, it really took off, it was about 45, 50 kids. They actually still have that choir to this day. And I wow. have a picture up of her with a huge afro and me over here <laughs> as the founder of this choir, got the Gospel Choir. Now, where that ties into my career is that it happened to be the same high school that Russell Simmons rap mogul Russell Simmons went to. How
0: you Small And I
3: met Russell, believe it or not, and that's how that's I, this thing is totally not me putting it together. I met Russell for the first time at the end of a choir rehearsal. We used to rehearse in the auditorium of the school. At the end of a rehearsal, um, you know, we would kids be sitting in the back, you know, observing the rehearsal or what have you. And one of those kids one day was Russell Simmons, who was like maybe a, maybe two grades above us. And, uh, and you know, he was a high school kid and he's like, oh man, choir sounds good. I enjoy you. Da, da, da. And that happened a couple of times. And, uh, so I met him there at the choir rehearsal and it so happened maybe fast forward three years from there. I'm in college. Now Russell Simmons is the manager of Curtis Blow. A lot of people don't know that's where Russell Simmons got his start. He was the, he was the manager for the godfather himself of, of, of hip hop, you know, mm. Russell Simmons. I, I mean, um, Curtis, Curtis Blow. So there was a call for a touring band, and I showed up at the um, at the audition, not knowing that Russell was the manager, and I didn't yes. know Curtis at the time. But at the audition, Russell saw me and recognized me from high school, and he put all the other keyboard at home and said, "You got the job." <laughs> you know. So, he I you, see, I love that. Oh, yeah, yeah. It has been a couple of years. So
1: that's what I say you you can't you can't
3: make this stuff up. It just happens, you know, (laughs) being at the right place at the right time. And that was really the start of my professional career, you know. So Um, so I have
1: a question for you, Kenny. With all these diverse relationships that you've come across, how has it inspired music for you?
3: How did it inspire the music for me? Yeah, some of your songs.
1: Yeah, how has it inspired you as as an artist Hmm. or the music?
3: Yeah, yeah. Um... Yes that, I mean that's uh, uh, a great question um I would say music living so close to music that I've done all my life you know um my biggest inspirations of course were the di- different artists I was, I was always one to kind of latch on to innovators you know um from different genres whether it's it was like the Teddy Riley with the new jack swing when it came out it was just such a <laughs> fresh approach to things I was Always, you know, uh, um, you know, and then I had the privilege again of working with um, Teddy again. At, at one point, I was the vocal coach for for Blackstreet, okay. um, and um, and that's actually after I had moved to Virginia Beach. Um, so I would say that my my influences usually musically came from innovators. Of course, I went to a period I loved Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. I mean, they were my producers. <laughs> of course, yeah. at the very top of my list is the producer. Extraordinaire, uh, Quincy, Quincy Jones. I mean, you know, yeah. uh, wow. I mean, you know, following his career. And, and that's kind of where I, I think I also got my um, eclectic kind of taste from because if you follow Quincy Jones, I mean, I mean, I don't know anyone, you know, that could rival the, the career that he's had, but to the genres of music starting with big, big jazz music, Ray Charles and, you know, all the strengths of natural, all the way through Mike, Mike, Michael Jackson. I mean, you know, right. what producer has that kind of scope? It's unbelievable <laughs> to do that kind of music. And, um, I was just sharing with somebody just recently that a lot of people don't know that. You know, what, what was it, 1960 when the big hit, It's My Party and I kind If I Want to, by Leslie Gore. And, and um, some people yes. don't know that that's Quincy Jones arrangement and production. I mean, yeah. I think
2: mean, so is amazing. yeah. So
3: those types of mm-hmm. yeah
2: yeah. Anyway, so kidding, so those types so, influences, yeah. So Kenny, those influences. Um, it sounds it's amazing though. We as we were just talking about in the first segment, that sometimes um, it's difficult for people to build these relationships. You were kind of afforded an opportunity to meet some of these people. You you were in the same. Hood, so to speak you know in the same neighborhood mm-hmm. how, what would you tell an artist that's trying to cultivate these relationships they're meeting all these diverse people they're not necessarily um they're not supposed to meet but they know they need to meet right how how would you tell a young artist to put themselves yeah. out so to speak
3: yeah um and it's so it's so interesting because, you know, t- today's times are, I mean, it's a whole different. I'm sure you know that a whole different business, whole different industry from, you know, when we were talking about back in the 80s and 90s, the business has completely changed um, and just the way it's done and everything. Um, so a lot of rules that would have, you know, applied back then wouldn't apply now, uh, obviously. But my thing, um, and I'll go right back to my mentor, Quincy Jones, always says, you know, he has this thing that says, you know, empty your cup and it will always come back to you manifold, which I always loved that that, that concept. And and, and what I did, my interpretation of that was just simply, um, you don't worry so much about the external things that you can't control. Like, just like I was saying, who knew I was going to meet Russell, you know, dah, 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 during that time. You can't plan those things out. What you can do is work on you, on work on Um, Being the best you that you can be, which means, um, you know, getting whatever skill sets you need to become um, the best you you can be musically, inwardly. And and I find that when you do that and that's your focus, opposed to, I want to try to get some contact, it it comes to you, opposed to. And one of the things that Quincy said, uh, another thing that he said that, that always stuck with me, he says, success in this business is when preparedness meets opportunity. Um, which to me is so powerful because, I mean, he talks about, of course, in his life how many opportunities came to him, but he was prepared. He had studied and, and did all the different things that he needed to do. So he never worried about, you know, going after it. It kind of came to him. And, of course, you know, each project, you know, you put your stamp on it and then things come to you. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's really more of, of my my fundamental Approach to it because I know in this would take market today, I mean, so many young people. Are, I mean, I also teach privately too. Sometimes it's more of an emphasis of how I get out there and how, how I get paid and this, that, and the other. And I just really doesn't don't subscribe to that kind of a thing. I say that you know, you you you, you know, you do the work and the universe will bring it to you. <laughs> but you yes. you know, focus more on that.
2: You know, yeah you know i love it. that you're talking about focus and i know that russell is very into mindfulness too and you know i'm being um very focused and in the moment mm-hmm. and as actually trend i think he's more into transcendental but meditation a lot of meditation and a lot of being present mm-hmm. moment and, and i found that um you know being present and just um uh, being aware and all my, all being mindful is, is to be focused, right? Focus on you, mm-hmm. on your self-awareness, your self-reflection, your self, you know, uh, how you, self-actualization, how you act out things. It's, a, you mentioned that and I think it's a, a real key to success. And, and and what is success? How does that really look like for you? Mm. Understanding mm. what that looks like. So I love what you were saying um, about that. Um, I also like that you said you had a mentor. Tell me a little bit about your mentor, because one of the things we do, Jay and I, we yes. coach people on making sure they get a mentor. So tell me a little bit about your mentor. You talked about that.
3: Okay, well, again, I, I, I quote, of course, there's, the the musical mentors that, that, that I, I know from afar, like the Quincy Jones, and, um, you know, I, I call them mentors it's not that I've had a personal interaction with them, but I, I don't think you necessarily have to, you mm-hmm. know, to be a mentor, or someone to, to mentor you. The, um, I've done so much study and, uh, on the lives of, of the Quincy Jones and gleaned so much from just, knowing so much about his path and, you know, and, and the past of others as well. And of course, the good and the bad, because you can learn so much from just um, just observing, um, you know, other people that you admire and they're, you know, and taking the good and the bad and the mistakes. So and things from other people as well. Um, and so so my musical mentors were always then, you know, the, the the those that I admire from afar, like the Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, just and, and I would just Spain, painstakingly research you know their lives to you know probably closer than they probably would like um stalking them no, not, not really not really but you know just just knowing all of the you know the things that led up to you know the, the, the success but you know understanding their the, the things that they do that did in preparation to get them where they were because to me that's always the thing Is is doing the work and, and I and that's the thing I always observed that the opportunity um that you know the big break per se that we always take and I always say that you know there's that big break that you know people look for in this career and those big breaks usually always came not because they were pursuing some contact or hanging out trying to get to know people it usually became you know out of left field somewhere but it was always because they were prepared they had good things, and this door opens for them, and things of that nature. So I would say, if you focus on the work, and really kind of like again focusing on you know being the best you you can be, do, you don't yeah, really yeah. have to worry about that part. It will come to you. That's yeah. always the way it's happened with yeah. me. Yeah. And I've well, always you know, had to. know I was been fortunate to. I don't have the big, big, big you know the career like that, but I do. And, and part of that is that I have this balance. I have this beautiful family. All my kids are in college. I have uh, a thirty nine year of uh, relationship loving relationship that I have with my wife. And I'd be myself as as, as successful and more successful than a lot of people I know with yes. old records and this, that and the other. I mean, come on. But, but you I know what? That to, that, know, that, that is
2: happening. your that is your success though. And and, and I love the way yeah. back to the mentor thing, you said you said something that's really key that i think that a lot of people feel like that that mentor does have to be physically present a personal relationship that doesn't happen all the time but you can get to know people like we have um i and my students did this we have this virtual uh pull, pulling people to the table your virtual team that you put at the table some people had jesus christ at the table some people had god mm-hmm. some people had um different People who led organizations, you know, like Bill Gates. Who you bring to that table and sit at that table doesn't necessarily have to physically be (laughs) there, but what they've done and their attributes and getting to know them and using what they've learned as a best practice are what built you. And I like the fact that you said that because, you know, sometimes these people you really like can't be there or you you admire.
1: And I guess what touched me the most of what you said just now is that you know, your success is your relationship. I think that 39 mm-hmm. years is an amazing accomplishment. Yes, I mean, yes. it's it's such a beautiful thing and that she's kept you grounded and and also that she's given you so much support and love so that you can do things within your career. You know, you guys have worked yeah. together to make your career be as successful as it has, which is, be- I mean, looking at your background, I don't know what you're talking about that you're not that <laughs> successful. <laughs> So, you know, so wife that supports you, kudos to your wife. And I hope she's listening. I mean, you know, she's amazing as
3: well. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Because, you know, even along my path in my career, you know, when there were certain things that presented themselves to me, I would always have to consider, um, you know, how much time this is going to take away from my family, my wife. Love and it. so many times but in this business, people would just totally put that, you know, just Run, shot over that and go, oh, whatever, the career is first. And I just, and it's just never been the way I've been made up. And I'm sure it comes from my background, having grown up in a household where there was mom and dad and, you know, they had this mm-hmm. loving relationship and it was just parents, like nothing is worth sacrificing that for. So yes. I you know, miss quote unquote opportunities, but but I just deemed that they would be too much on the family. and um, And I, you know, bypassing them and traveling and things of that nature. And, right. and I, I have no regrets about that because I've seen so many casualties of, 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 of would be more you know, successful family relationships get torn apart by career decisions. And
2: right. you know, yes. that, you know, can't be sometimes repaired. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a, it is a blessing that you've been able to make the right choices and knowing what, what, and knowing what is important, right? Knowing what's important, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so it's, it's it's about the pursuit of happiness, right? I it's mean, about you know, the pursuit of happiness. At the, of the happiness. end of the day, isn't
3: not that what we all want to be? I mean, you know, oh, Absolutely. <laughs> so, absolutely. You to,
0: yeah. So
2: we have we have a, a question, a couple of questions. We usually ask three, but I'm going to just ask you one question, Jason. Let her. Um, I, uh, about, we're a mindful show, and basically, that, as you know, just means focus. How do you the focus? But here's a question we want to ask
1: We want to know how do you maintain mindful relationships?
3: Mind? Nice. Okay. Like uh, focus. How do I so focus
1: relationships. How? Like, for example, with your wife, it's been very mindful, your relationship. I mean, you've right. thought about her, you've been focused about your music, but also been po- focused with family and mind. So, how yeah. have you maintained? What is your your reason for success in your relationship?
3: Okay, okay. Well, I, I would have to say that the foundation came from um, my my religious foundation. Um, again, I'm, I'm I'm what they call the PK. But I, you know, in saying that, you know, uh, I I do know that there's a lot of casualties stories on that side of the fence as well. But I was just blessed to have this wonderful loving relationship modeled for me from my parents and I right. um, never, never saw my dad say anything abusive to my mother and, you know, and, and I mean, and it does matter. I remember watching some show that had some tits about, you know, the, the kids that come from, you know, stable, peer, loving relationships, you know, tend to do better in life, and, you know, and, in, 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 you know, in relationships and things of that nature. I mean, I don't know. I don't have the stats on that. I only talk about me, but I know that that has been the foundation for me. I have, um, you know, the, the foundation of my my sense of, of of God and my 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 sense of you know having this kind of higher calling has always grounded me and my wife. My my wife's mom was an evangelist, and uh, so she came up in a very um, um, stable, um, you know, um, religious household, so most were are you know, we're there at the beginning of our relationship and, you know, and, right. and, and that, I, more than anything now at this point in life, because I've seen so much, I know now that money doesn't do it. We've had too many couples that, you know, make a lot of money and it doesn't help them together. Even all these other, it seems like from my perspective, you know, having that love of, a family, of God, it's been the sustained thoughts in my relationship and it is the foundation.
2: Yes. Uh, beautiful. And you know, Kenny, that that is the reason that I am in the Netherlands now. <laughs> because my family chose <laughs> to move here. My daughter has a beautiful relationship with my son in law. They have four beautiful children. Oh, wow. Um we're, we're Christ people. Um no matter listeners what your foundation is, that happens to be ours. But and um this is why I'm here because I made the choice to be with what I love and care about and and um oh, and like you said opportunities op- open up opportunity to for me to come here opened up because I made that choice.
1: Yeah, I just I believe in so, you wow. know, you know, following what, you know, you know, everybody has their path and ours was to come here. Sure. It just came so easy.
3: Um sure. and I just love it here. So it's been a blessing. Oh so. this
2: is awesome. Yeah. Well this and, is um very yeah. nice so When are you gonna come out here and play? Yeah. Do you wow, play? Yeah. Do you use I,
3: love to. Love but to. Uh you us. know, and this is Mm. Mm-hmm.
2: No, go ahead. You were
3: gonna say. Oh no, no. I I was just kinda of just commenting and going, Yeah, we would love to opportunity now that um now we're um, as of last year we are now officially empty nesters and okay. that um my yeah. youngest, cause we we actually um, we were together those many years and people are always surprised that we were married for how many years <laughs> before we had children. <laughs> I'm uh-huh. gonna have a wife now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we were married for a long, long time before we had any children. So so even though we're a little older now, um my uh, my youngest just graduated from high school last year. <laughs> so nice. we didn't have children for the first eighteen. How many years, man? Huh? No, I'm saying before we had children. Here's, she says sixteen years. I think we were married before we had children. But sober. you know what? You got we to really started.
1: enjoy each other. I mean, I mean. Yeah, we really so did. That's a we, were,
3: thing. Know, we, we we really did, and now we like after rearing kids for the last twenty something years, and now. My son is now in college. Um, he's a sophomore now here okay. in Georgia, and um, so he, he lives on campus. So I said that to say that we're, so we're much more freer to move around, <laughs> you know, because, again, when the kids are in school, you know, we've kind of been there for them. So now they're all up and out, and my daughter's married, and um, we're we can travel. So... Let's hook that up.
1: <laughs> well,
2: yes, I, we'll you guys got to get down here. I want to meet you yeah. all. Yeah, love Listen, to meet you both. You, come, but I think yeah. the, the summer might be a little better for you. Yeah, don't come in the
1: winter. <laughs> don't come, yet. Oh, okay. You won't like it. Yeah.
3: People,
1: yeah, Kenny, how can people find out more about your performances and things to get in touch with you just to, so if you can leave some Whoa. of your contacts?
3: Sure, sure. Well, I mean, probably right now the best thing that, keep, that I keep up to date with is my Facebook page, which is under my name Kenneth Kenneth K e n n e t h Robinson R o b i n s o n. I tend I tend to um, keep up to date with that more so than anything else um, with events and things of that nature. So my and Facebook I, page.
1: Be, right, and all your events are on there as well.
3: Absolutely, absolutely.
1: Perfect, I, perfect.
3: Um, a lot of things going on my songs and things of that nature. Well, I, I, you know, I thank you guys immensely. Um you oh, know, no, um, I only wish my, my, my um, daughter and my wife, cause they, you know, as I was reading your bio, it just reminded me so much of my daughter. She's a, 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 a junior at, uh, Georgia State University studying, um art administration. And, oh, you know, wow. and a relationship to her and her her mom and it kinda of reminds me of you guys. Oh nice. <laughs> I'm I looking yeah.
2: Let me tell you there's a lot of connections on a different front. I mean, um I I see yeah. um a lot of your background similar to how I grew up and it sounds like we we're all family people. Yeah. Which is yeah, uh awesome. so if I get down yeah. to Georgia, my daughter might be down there. We'll we'll definitely look you up. I um you know, I'll be traveling back and forth to the States, and Jay will, too. A-
1: yeah, we'd love to. So I'll go get coffee connect, with you guys. We'll-, we'll, have to- we'll
3: have to. Absolutely.
1: Well, thank you so much, yeah. Kenny, for being sure. on with us. And oh, we- definitely, let's keep in touch. All right. All right, we'll do. Thank awesome. you so
3: much.
0: Thank
1: you. Thank you. All
3: you blessed. bye Okay. Bye-bye.
1: Well, wow, that was amazing. I mean, he has so much experience, and, you know, very grounded, and that's what I really feel is a strong key to mindfulness is being so grounded,
2: and you know, I I love the fact that he put his family first. Yeah, and you you know, I do that, and you do too, and that's why he's happy, right? That's why he's happy. And you know,
1: everybody has their happy place, right? Right. For us, it's you know um, that that we keep our family, you know, solidified and put that first, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's what I think is staying grounded and what makes you happy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So let's leave our listeners with a quote.
1: Sure. Well, this kind of goes along with it. I found this by Sonetta Rocket. I like that name. Surrender to what is, let go of what was, have faith in what will be. I love that. I love it too. Oh my gosh, say that again. Surrender to what is. Surrender to what is. Let go of what was.
2: Let go of what was. And have faith in what will be. And that is the strategic ladies show for 2018. Thank you so much for joining and listening in. You know where to find us?
1: Please go to www.strategicladies.com. You can always follow us on Instagram, strategic ladies, on Facebook, strategic ladies official, and like us, share us, and make sure you call us in and write to at strategicladies.com. If you have any questions or
2: comments, subscribe to the Mindful Media Journal. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.
0: Chick-fil-A